these uh, uh, horse stalls at Cheekwood. It's an old plantation building, basically. It's not really an old plantation building. It's an old mansion, basically, that was made by uh, uh, a descendant of the Maxwell House coffee fortune. And um, there's these horse stalls that they have uh, in this courtyard. And we, at some point, we had transformed all those horse stalls into video art installations. So there was just always video programming in those horse stalls like every day. And because it was just dedicated to video, we sort of had it dialed in in terms of how to how to how to transition from one exhibit to the next, one artist to the next, da da da. Um, you know, we had it kind of figured out because it was dedicated video space. But even though you have dedicated video space for years and you're doing this for years every time it was some kind of problem it was insane there's yeah. always technical problems yeah. always 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 and every, so, yeah, you know, every time it's, just, it's like this time this won't happen again but then it right. happens again or something yeah. else exactly. pops up whack, a, yeah. whack an issue exactly yeah. no exactly is yeah. it the remote no wait a second it's yeah. the projector no it's not the projector <laughs> why is it upside down <laughs> alright hey everybody this is season 6 episode 2 uh, you get to spend the next episode here with uh Myself and the sensei of all art in Nashville, as far as I'm concerned, and deep thinking and music, Mr. <laughs> Joe Nolan. Um, it's good to be here. Just you and me today, Brian. I know, man. We're getting back to basics. I like it. Yeah. Uh, and we're definitely not doing this because somebody flaked on us. Nobody. No, nobody would flake on us. Nobody would flake on us. <laughs> like who, who would pass up the opportunity to be here with us? Uh-huh. We've had, we've had really good, uh, really good, uh, scheduling flow for a while now. So it's, it's, uh, I think it'll be fun to just do a show by ourselves for once. Yeah. Yeah. And what's see, so it's season six, episode two, is that right? That's right. Oh man, that's crazy. I can't believe we've got six seasons or are doing the sixth one right now. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that um, it's been interesting to see if we're going to reflect, Joe. Uh, but I, I think do. I think it's interesting to see how uh, just sort of the ebb and flow of what this podcast has been so far, uh, and what people have responded to, um, and maybe not responded to. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I care. I don't really care. I don't know. But it's just interesting to see when you're just when you're putting things out there without necessarily like a programmatic regard for mm-hmm. uh, subject matter or uh-huh. I mean, we, we have a niche, I suppose, but it's like, um, it's just been really interesting to see where, where things have, have gone. Um, and we've definitely tried a lot of different things. And so I feel good about all that. I, I still want to do this video thing, man, but uh, it's going to take a little bit more technology than what I have right now to uh-huh. do it right. Yeah. And, and I feel like video is one of those things where if you just, if you don't do it right, it, then just don't don't do it Mm -hmm. Uh, audio obviously is really easy but anyway if we're talking about the art fight and then there's also anybody out there doing a podcast you know and and especially including video Mm -hmm. um knows that uh you know in order to present something that feels of some level of quality and just i don't know something that i don't want to make people have to look at something if if we already have sound together, then why why worry so much about the video unless it can be done really really right? So, mm-hmm. but anyway, but yeah, it's funny. Like uh, I guess the theme of the day so far is video challenges because we were just talking about the yeah the struggle of of video art and no matter how much you uh, prepare, 
it seems like as, as, as technology has come so far, but like a video, like remote video, unless you're just on a mega budget, it mm-hmm. seems like it's really hard to do um, something really well. But uh, but yeah, so I have a video art exhibit coming up. And then also you wrote about, uh, there was another one that was like sort of a three-dimensional, some sort of sheets. Oh yeah, that's uh, at, uh, that's at uh, channel to channel. What, what's that about? Have you seen this? Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's um, uh, when I when I uh, wrote about it. Um, I uh, it it had, it was one of the shows that opened last month, and it's going to be up for this month as well. I see. So a lot of times, if I mention something the first time, I, I don't necessarily mention it again the second time. Right. But if it's like like super special and now I've seen it because I'm always writing these things as like previews right and then you get surprised by things right yeah exactly so yeah. I don't uh, I don't uh, I, I basically get press releases I get images I get you know a lot of times I'll have the art link to the artist website so I can look at more things blah 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 um, but uh, the I'm looking for something right now because I want to be able to say these the, the names of this stuff right I don't want to uh I don't want to get it wrong. Um, We've been on a nice run with a lot of Nashville artists, uh, and it's been, uh, I forget who it was recently that mentioned, oh, it was David Hellams. He had, uh, shout out to David, um, but he had mentioned something about how, you know, we had sort of been putting together this kind of archive of conversations with Nashville artists. Now, I just, it didn't even really occur to me until then. Like, wow, that's actually kind of a neat uh, outcome of just sort of what we're just doing that we're just naturally interested in otherwise you know i i you know if we're also kind of semi-reflecting on sort of podcast up to this point you know i feel like we've been able to lean pretty hard in certain directions and still have a center which i think is really cool because people are like okay what is this art fight podcast? like what does that mean and mm-hmm. then we say well we talk to fighters we talk to artists we talk to artists that are fighters and fighters that are artists and mm-hmm there's some interesting uh, territory there. Right. And then sometimes we talk, but sometimes we talk to fighters that are certainly not necessarily artists, but they employ creative problem solving and interesting concepts and reasons behind whatever it is that they do. Yeah. Uh, And then on the other side, there are a lot of artists that are not necessarily, um, you know, fighters, but we're also, I think, talking about and sort of making a uh, inference to about just sort of the struggle and and all that. And, And a lot of people, um, no one is immune. Everybody's got these insane stories of, right. of you know, this is where stuff went really south, or this is where I didn't, I had, I was full of doubt, or yeah, no doubt, uh, that one especially, yeah. Uh, so it's interesting. I was gonna say, um, so so um, so it's at Channel to Channel Gallery, and it's a uh, it's a it's a video show that opened last month. I don't uh, like I was saying, I don't always talk about shows. You know, because there's a bunch of new stuff this month, so I, I'm going to focus on that first and tell people, like, hey, check out what's going to be coming on Saturday. But if something's particularly cool, I'll mention it the second time and be like, hey, if you missed this, you got to see it because you got another chance and you're going to need to see this. Yeah. Or if you already saw it, another thing is like, people sometimes are like, oh, I went to a gallery full of people and looked at some art for a minute and that was good. And it's like, did you go back and look at it when there was nobody in the room? Did you go back and look at it a third time? You know, just just to do it again and and it's like you know i think people need to think about exhibits good ones especially you know more like uh like movies or something that it's like just seeing it once is is great you know but but if you see it a second time a lot of times you're you're gonna see things that you didn't see 
the first time, especially if your first thing is at a busy reception, right? Opening reception. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I mentioned this one again, uh, which was this uh, work that was done by a guy named Marcus Mangani, who's a uh, a artist based in Brooklyn, who's done a bunch of stuff here. He's through channel to channel and through the packing plant. He has a sculpture in front of the packing plant building down on Wedgwood, Houston. Um, and this video is like, uh, it's him going to this place called Dead Horse Bay, which is this poisoned bay uh, in New York. It's uh, in the the Rockaways, right? Mm. And it's, uh, and it's um, a, there used to be like uh, a horse rendering plants and all sorts of just toxic shit going on up there. And they turned into a landfill. The landfill leaked. The water got poisoned. Uh, and so this is a video he made uh, going through this trail in the woods that's not exactly much of a trail. It's pretty overgrown and stuff. And he's on it and he's like trekking to the bay where there's this poison bay is at. Um, but the cool thing about the way he uh, did this is is that it's 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 projected onto these sort of um, what would you, like staggered sort of uh, drapes silk curtains uh-huh. that are coming down from the ceiling. Yeah. So there's how, this, how wide are they? They're I'd say they're up, they're about four feet wide. Okay. Um, and there's and and then there's like you know there's like two of them in the front and then there's like four of them and then there's like the so, so it sort of broadens out as it goes back toward the wall yeah and the projections coming from the front and so it just gives this sense of depth to the whole thing very cool it, like it's because it literally is deep it literally is and you can walk in and around it exactly you can walk all around it then there's like these still images of these flowers on the side and then they use these mirrors to like sort of ref- to sort of um, create like this repeating thing. Cool. Um, yeah, it's they're really beautiful, and so it's it's a really beautiful show. And I I dig the way that he like you know uh, it, it was to me I had described it like it's like three D movies, but instead of using this visual trick to 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 create an illusion of depth, he took a two D you know image and literally just made it deeper by projecting it at depth on these receding curtains. You I, lo- know? I love things like that that are just. Uh, ultimately, kind of simple, and totally, and and, yeah. and all that like it's super it, elegant. You're man. not mystifying anybody as to how you achieved yeah. it, but you achieved it, and then there it is. Yeah, and yeah. when you're there with it, it's it's very affecting. It's yeah. really really well done. So we have a cool video. Yeah, I like your point about um, you know when when art is running for a minute somewhere, it's not just so that as many people can come by and see it once as possible mm-hmm. at their convenience. It's not necessarily about that. It's it's also about uh, inviting people to spend time right with something that they're uh, that appeals to them or, or, yeah. or whatever and that's I mean you know uh, I I feel I definitely can say that for you know for me in my especially when I was living in New York and I had access to all the museums essentially for free awesome at any time which was just I I knew that this was a time in my life where I, I like being old enough to where you just you can tell yourself things that are wise and it, you know like I knew at that time you know don't waste this this yeah. is an easy thing to just sort of not think about or take for granted and uh you might want to tighten that metal ring right there because I feel like your this? mic's gonna fall off Is yeah this little guy yeah um, no, it's it's good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like I um, so there was there were, and now like the I used to kind of just um make rounds to the various museums, and I would of course be there to see okay what's new, but I would also kind of in a strange way build these relationships with work, um, 
and then I would kind of just in my mind it was like going to visit a family member or mm-hmm. or you know something that because you would ponder the work you'd ponder yourself in relation to the work mm-hmm. and you kind of have this all of a sudden this uh, sort of connection to it and then to sort of go away from it for a month or a couple of months and then come back and yeah. stand in front of it or whatever it is you know uh, again and sort of see how you've how you're relating to it differently or how the light right or just all the various conditions around things uh change you definitely get an exponential i think reward from enjoying pieces like that by especially like outside of the opening night kind of construct right. of, of uh, it's essentially um uh I don't know, um, uh, like sort of bar cultural bar hopping, uh, yeah. you know, where it's, I don't know. So, um, cultural bar. Hopping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, no, there is. And I love a good, I love a good opening. I love a good party at an art event. You Absolutely. Know, uh, and that said, it's just like, it's, it's, it's also definitely not the ideal way to be looking at work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's also a thing too, where it's, you know, even at a small gallery like the Red Arrow Gallery, usually they'll have an opening, and then like say like they're actually going to open a show for. Uh, we should have Jody Hayes on the show, basically. Yeah. Also, Jody's going to have a show open on Friday at the Red Arrow Gallery, what's August second, right? Um, uh, and then the Red Arrow will probably have another reception on second second Saturday, which is sort of like the East Side crawls that's traditionally when they've done events second Saturday so a lot of times because that's our my gallery and because it's right up the road we'll go to both of those things yeah. and I remember the show they have up right now I when I saw it the second time I was I was like completely like taken by another painting that I had pretty much hadn't even really noticed the first time uh. like there was two that I really liked the first time I went and then the next time I went I was just like man why didn't i like what why didn't i like this one more you know what i mean it's kind of like the fourth song on a record and it could have been yeah and it could have probably (laughs) been just something like that like well you 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 didn't get a chance to stand in front of it for a minute you know at the big reception like you are now at the smaller sort of event when you there you know normally there's less people or it's it's more like people coming and going kind of thing but uh but you know it's it's just it's fun to or to watch a movie for the second time and all of a sudden you notice all these things that you missed the first time you know so i think just good i mean i think that's one of the definitions of good art is that you know it keeps on giving you know what i mean it can yeah. it can take all the attention you can give it you know Gosh, I remember when, uh, yeah, when when Marina Abramovich was doing her, um, um, per, you know, sort of three month long or whatever it was uh, performance at uh, MoMA mm-hmm. in New York. Um, you know, so she was there, you know, opening to close every mm-hmm. every day, mm-hmm. sitting in that chair mm-hmm. uh, and just looking into people's eyes. God, I'm getting tired just thinking about. It. Yeah, <laughs> but I I went. I don't know how many times, a lot of times, and mm-hmm. just would just, you know, they had sort of this perimeter mapped out, but I would just sit on the edge of the whole thing with a kind of a front row seat, if you, you know, or whatever. And just sort of spectate. That's kind of interesting. And, and, but I did it, you know, uh, because it was so close to where I was, uh, like I was going to Hunter at that time. And so I would, on my way home, you know, riding my bike, just pull over, pop into the to MoMA. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, and just like, it was like a, an, a little a side journey, mm-hmm. you know, um, just on the way home, or you know, fitting it into your routine in some way was was a whole other level of that, where it was it just became this 
uh, coordinate on my my sort of nearly daily orbit, uh-huh. you know, three four times a week, you know, for a long time, and it just becomes part of your ritual. So that's maybe the most expanded version of that sort of phenomena I can think of. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so that that piece sounds really cool. I, I really like. That's the other thing you know we've talked about a lot with we've had some video artists on here and uh, you know how do you make it how do you how do you sell it how do you mm-hmm. commodify it how do you how do you sustain yourself making right. video art you know I think that people that can create in the absence of a product that people can replicate mm. uh, then I think the impetus really is on creating an experience uh, and it's and you've got to find simple, real, powerful ways to do that. I would say, like for the piece that I'm doing that's opening Saturday, I, I just wasn't afforded by the nature of just the the venue and you know all that. Not being necessarily a, a gallery, uh, right? I, it's yeah, it's I you know we'll, it's kind of like setting up something at your mom's house. I've installed a lot of uh, <laughs> art shows at the I mean that at the, the airport way. in Nashville. And, yeah, I mean anybody knows like when you're going through any contemporary airport, they always have some kind of arts programming happening where they've got you know paintings or photos or something up in the concourses and whatnot. And Nashville's got a pretty good program for that. Um, and it doesn't really matter how good the program is. You're trying to put up an art exhibition in an airport after. 9-11 you know and it's yeah. it's it's the most awkward thing in the world you know in terms of that world like the, there's you know there's there's nothing I've never worked anywhere it's like trying to hang work at Gaza yeah it's just it's just <laughs> I've never worked anywhere where it's harder to do that it's people's homes are easier you know what I mean there's a million places you could go yeah. that would be easier than trying to do art shows in airports do they, do they all kind of do they, do they do a lot of like uh, intense security related um, examinations of the work it, I wouldn't call it intense but there is there is security yeah most everything most everything we do in the airport ends up being significantly more secured than anything that I would do anywhere else, you know, except, you know, I mean, museums and stuff with stuff when it's, you know, extra expensive. I mean, there's always stuff there, but, but generally, you know, in galleries and things, there's not necessarily a whole lot of security going on, you know, but definitely at the airport, there's security going on on levels about everything, you know what I mean? So it's, it's definitely an awkward thing. And so to, to be in a public building, you know, and in a small theater space where they're used to showing people a 10 minute video about the history of a fort yeah. you know i can imagine it's challenging to like yeah. turn that into a contemporary art installation <laughs> yeah yeah so we just figured we'd, we'd make up the difference with uh, a plethora of free booze and then we'll just see uh if that makes up for for that I mean, that is it, the secret ingredient with these these opening receptions it's like just yeah. keep it flowing man just keep it flowing People don't, love don't be miserly <laughs> don't be miserly keep it flowing yeah <laughs> so, do you, so do you have I mean in regards to that does this because this is part of your artist in residency right mm-hmm. that you would that you would present your work at the Ford or whatever is that correct yes yeah, okay. with in, sort of with the Metro Archives and in cooperation with Fort Negley. Uh-huh, cool. Um, and I think that we... Do well, you have any kind of budget for that stuff? Or, I mean, have they given you anything? Like, here's a couple hundred dollars to have a party or anything? Uh, so there's... there's or there, have, not to be nosy. Oh, no, no. I mean... <laughs> I'm no, always interested to find out how the funding I know, I, is I working. Mean, I, got, I got paid for the residency. And uh-huh. then also there's another uh, sum of money that goes from sort of the program to the Metro Archives for specifically the cost of preserving old film you know the the Mm -hmm. actual digitizing because it has to get sent off and yeah that's cool it's a whole very intense 
process and it costs a lot of money. And that's part of the deal here is that you went through an archive, you got certain footage that you then used in your film, but now the, all that footage that you got is going to be digitized and archived. So it's sort of like... And a, available to anyone. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I really, I mean, you know, I, I uh, we'll have Kelly Hicks on at some point, but, you know, her... And her, she's the archivist at Metro, right? The video archivist? Right. Okay. Yeah, so what what she she's really the one that champ not only sort of championed this program but essentially invented it mm-hmm. um and i got a little backstory from her yesterday about it that i didn't have before that i thought was really great but in short you know um she she created this program um to figure because it's one thing for like uh a library or a city archive or whatever to just take on the cause of digitizing analog media for the sake of preservation yeah, through yeah, yeah. Da, 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 da. and then it just kind of gets what happens right it gets digitized and then what yeah you know is it just why are we going to put it into the most malleable flexible format ever and then just kind of sit on it and not tell a lot of people about it so right. i think that uh, now they have a Vimeo page. The it's called the Audiovisual Heritage Center, which is part of the Metro Archives. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on Vimeo. I don't know the the, the URL, but it's out there. Uh, <laughs> but so the point is just that I I really love the idea of what she came up with, and so like you know, I'm the first artist in residence for this thing. But I think a lot of what I'm able to do that's most valuable to them right now is to actually just just be sort of a first tenant of this thing and yeah. kind of go through the process yeah guinea pig see, it a little bit yeah and just kind of <laughs> see where the fits and starts happen and yeah. what works and what's what kind of communication is clear and uh-huh. what programmatically is functioning and, you know and, yeah. we're, and we're gonna do all that and then also saturday at the opening you know we're gonna capture uh some video of just people there and get some people's responses and kind of essentially put together kind of like a little reflective kind of case study or whatever you want to call it uh, about about that and, we'll, and then they can use that stuff to really it'll really help them the next for the next one but ultimately this program amounted to m- funds that were not available to them before mm. to do two things one is to engage local artists to extend the archives into the public sphere in an actuated real-time current mm-hmm. relevant kind of a way and that can take many forms and and all that so it's up to the artist you know but ultimately that sort of raw material is not so now it's not just sitting there right like it's being used uh and and attention's being drawn to the archive mm-hmm. um but but also it gives them money to 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 preserve more more things and i think what's cool too is that like the way that i selected this stuff is it was kind of like a spreadsheet like right? somebody had gone through i suppose by hand looked at some frames because a lot of this fr- film is really fragile so if you're going to run it through a projector you better do that meaningfully and perhaps be capturing what you're what you're doing right yeah, yeah, the stuff yeah. Will just peel off so anyway they kind of i guess look at stuff manually i'm imagining in some in many cases depending on the condition of the film and then kind of just make some notes about what it is as far as they can tell and they have yeah. various levels of knowledge of its mm-hmm. origins or whatever but they're not necessarily even go through the whole reel or anything because because they, they could break it right so they know a little bit about I'm, it but yeah i'm sure that, that i mean i'm not sure that's the case for everything but i would mm-hmm. imagine it's the case for a lot uh-huh. um so anyway uh they have essentially like a, a giant sort of kind of a spreadsheet that's kind of here's all the things that we have 
and we think and it, right and it, here's what we think it is it looks like it's you know this is nashville this is clearly in paris or whatever mm-hmm. it can be a lot of different things but these are films i guess where people like amateur uh filmmakers from the 60s 50s 40s all this eight millimeter stuff is getting uh i guess donated through estates wow that's crazy and so you find out these kind of um like there's so what? there's a lot of home movies and stuff even it's not just right. like oh this was news footage from you know 1957 or whatever this right. was metro video that we made of the building project when we did the highway or whatever it's it's also like somebody filmed this stuff in the nations in the 70s and they ended up donating it to metro's archive yeah i mean I, <laughs> that's wild there's a lot of crazy stuff in there i bet yeah yeah i mean it does it goes from everything from sort of commercial type reels or just long boring document of kind of city council meeting type yeah. of things oh man I uh, bet but, but it, you know there's a certain point where everything old becomes just interesting because it just is yeah. so you mm-hmm. kind of tune into it in a different yeah. way you can infer a lot of things from it but but ultimately, these archives are really amazing, and and so I'm just the first person that's going to kind of put putting this something putting something together. So I mixed it with a lot of drone footage and stuff that I do. But the point, I guess, is just that um, uh, it's 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 really just an important, I think, beginning of a a, a program. So it's almost. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say like I don't care about what I did. I care about what I did. I put a lot of time and energy into it, but. I didn't feel like I had to measure against anything or it was really just about kind of going through the process mm-hmm. and then here's what came out of it. So anyway, that's, that's kind of what's happening there, but I'd love to get her on to, to talk about it more eloquently and richly because, you know, if we have a lot of artists, you know, listening to hear listening to this program, uh, all of them, everyone I think has some use or, even if it's not literally bringing that stuff in, into your work, I feel like there's just some, if you if you read books and you watch movies and you live life and observe lines in the drugstore and like all the other things that artists do that are these kind of observings of, or observances of things. And I feel like this, this is just a perspective. If you're here in Nashville and things are changing like crazy, uh, there's just something really grounding about seeing so much document from 40 50 years ago mm-hmm. uh and you, you'll see some stuff you just didn't couldn't even imagine you know and it's not like i just think it's funny that 50 years feels uh so far away mm-hmm. <laughs> when i see this stuff uh, but i'm just really interested in the in, in the in nostalgia as a concept and how relative memory works how the hippocampus works like neurologically how Mm. how memory is formed in relation to spaces and experiences and just all of that um and i feel like that on some elemental level that's the stuff of consternation and in these areas that are changing a lot or growing you know for people that have been around for a minute it's kind of it's kind of fucking with their Mm -hmm. their memory set or Mm -hmm. something it's 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 i don't know it's like a wrecking ball is being taken to uh, people's memories, uh, but that's just the nature. But part of what I was really getting at with my piece is that this is not new. Much of Nashville was torn down in the fifties, sixties. It doesn't make it right, but I'm just saying we're mm. on a continuum here of progress, and it's a different city. So you just need to, yeah, you know, sort of choose yeah. it, choose it again in, in a new way. It's funny we've had this conversation a lot, obviously, but I was talking to a fella last night. I fella, um, I was talking to this dude last night. Uh, a, a friend of a friend who, who's somebody that you know grew up in Nashville left and then is thinking about coming back but I think they left maybe 15 20 years ago <laughs> and 
you know we were just talking about how wow like you you're he was kind of explained to me how he's had to rearrange his brain to sort of go i just have i really have to just think of it as an entirely new place and then choose it for that if i can't move back here based on what i it's not i'm not moving back to nashville right like that's not there anymore yeah I mean, on some level, maybe if he if there's still a lot of people he knows here, but also those people are different now too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As time passes. Yeah. Anyway, you know, I'd love to do some time. If not, time passes slowly. It, up if not here more in the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think um, what would be really, uh, I think one thing we could do that would be valuable that I would love to source from your brain at some point is, uh, like, say that, okay. Because here's the thing, I don't I don't do a lot of the art crawls and a lot of the things, right? But you're all in the middle of it because of, that's your career and also your interest to the you know, uh, and so I, I a lot of that's I mean you know Antonio loves to go to that stuff and and yeah. part of it's also a lot of it a lot of my just sort of dogged regularity at those things is really just the fact that I end up writing about so much of it. So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. So I'm saying clear, I just feel like it's, yeah. a, it's a beat, you know what I mean? And it's actually, right. it's easier for me just to, to see a bunch of stuff on one night than it is for oh, me yeah. to try to, you know, run it all down continuously. And get all snacks the time. at each one. Yeah. Oh but, yeah. A little snack. A little snack. But I guess have, what, uh, what I was getting at is like, I, I think it, so for, for the uninitiated, uh, say that somebody's just moved to Nashville, they're interested in a lot of art and culture mm-hmm. events and things, or maybe there's somebody like me that's actually been around Nashville for a good while, but just, it's hard to turn the corner to sort of go be a part of a crowd. People have, you know, I'm not, I don't necessarily have social anxiety or anything, but a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's like a factor. I'm sure but, it is. Yeah. And then whatever other reasons that like maybe you see as to how it relates to the attendance of not just art in general, but like say I'm a person that's like, hey, Joe, you know a lot about the art community in Nashville specifically. And I'd love to, I've heard about this first Saturday so what is that what should i do what should i expect where mm. do i park how do i arrange my time right how much time do i should i even think i should spend at each place how many places should i try to hit mm. you know i would imagine there's sort of like a, a frequently asked questions newbie mm-hmm. uh, status kind of a thing to sort of help people steer them towards attending these things more frequently at least on the on the opening so what would you how would you break that down um well i mean for me personally I here's what I usually do. Uh, it's really sort of to me. I'm, maybe some people try to do it different, but for me, you, your first choice is: Do I go downtown or do I go to Wedgwood, Houston? Now, like I was mentioning, I don't know if it was on the early part of this or not, but there's like there's another space that's now like down, uh, sort of in between downtown and, and Wedgwood, Houston, over near Third Man Records, called Unrequited Leisure. That's going to start doing at least right now they're doing their openings on first Saturday as well. So, um, that's, that's a whole other thing. Like where, you know, do you start there? Do you go there, then go downtown or do you hit that on the way to Wedgwood Houston, whatever for me, generally speaking, I go to, uh, Wedgwood Houston because for me, usually most of the show, most of the venues I want to go to and most of the shows I want to see are down that way. It's easier for me to go to Wedgwood Houston and not bother with trying to go downtown at all. And if I, uh, if I go to Wedgwood Houston at the crawl, then I can, 
can always just go down and park at the library one day during the week and go see all the stuff on Fifth Avenue. Um, but the, the fact is there's three big galleries down on Fifth Avenue and there's still a few things going on in the arcade, but the vast majority of the shows are now in Wedgwood Houston. So that's, I end up going down there. And, and for, I would imagine a lot of people feel that way too because anybody, especially if you're not in Nashville, like going downtown increasingly has just become... Mm. It's hard. It's it's hard, and it's also expensive. Expensive, and just mm. not fun. Mm. Like I, I just don't. Well, that's where you get into like the whole anxiety and planning thing. Yeah. So it's like there has been times when I've done all of it, and you, so you go downtown, find parking somewhere, or pay for parking, see those galleries fast, get back in your car, go to Wedgwood Houston. And basically, by the time you've done all of that, then you pretty much have to race through Wedgwood Houston as well. And it's like it's actually not quite as bad as it used to be in Wedgwood Houston because there's there used to be stuff in Track One all the time, so you had to go across the railroad tracks yeah. if the train wasn't there. Yeah, <laughs> and they go to Track One. See, there's logistical problems, man. That but, train um, is a yeah. mother. And I think one of the other things that people should keep an eye on is just like when there's you know you know exceptional shows happening downtown which which is not irregular it happens all the time at, at you know those venues uh Reimer just had a great textile show that uh that i think just came down recently but it won a, probably the best shows of the year um so you know maybe it comes down to like when there's stuff like that going on downtown maybe you want to go to those openings and then hit the wedgewood houston stuff later because that's another thing that's really kind of neat about the Wedgwood Houston stuff is for the most part, you know, Zeitgeist, Lusk, uh, those places, they're open all the time during the week. They always have gallery hours you can go to. And then the packing plant is also often open because the poetry library is there. Uh, David Helms is there with his showroom and he's often has like uh, hours during the week when you can come and, and, you know, purchase something at the store or, or see the exhibit that's there. So it's, it's, there's often a chance that somebody's in attendance at the, at the uh, packing plant and you can walk through all the galleries there during the week. Often you got to find this out for yourself, but it's there's available times during the week when if you miss the Wedgwood Houston stuff, you can still access it too. It's not like it closes up and you can't see it again until the next first Saturday. You know, it's not quite like that. But so that would be that's the my thing is that you just got to pick and choose what you want to see. But because, like, but what if you're a person that just you don't know enough information, right? Like I don't. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what would be the first step? Because I feel like that probably the first thing would be on some level just to say if you want to start attending these yeah. things maybe based on what you just said it sounds like the best thing to do would be just to say okay don't worry about downtown yet uh-huh. because that's just harder I would say it's harder in general yeah because yeah, parking and everything is easier down in Wedgwood Houston it's just how it is and there's more stuff there yeah in that's the simplest, true. in the that's simplest true. terms it's okay. true and more there's also yeah. and there's also I mean we're, we're making quite a case for Wedgwood Houston but yeah. there's also like distilleries and breweries and restaurants and stuff down there that are absolutely open during the art crawl and can't wait for you to come and have a drink and get something to eat. So you resources can kinda, are you kind can of kinda there do a whole mix lot. it up. Yeah. And there's yeah. often a food truck like Jackalope always has this Thai food truck out in front of it. And there's a lot of reasons to go to Wedgwood Houston. And also too, I mean, I'm, yeah, I should just say this cause here's the simplest answer to this is I write a column every month in the Nashville scene at the, before first Thursday came out today, the Thursday before first Saturday, it's called crawl space. And I basically break down all of like the highlighted stuff, like, you know, the stuff that, um, the new 
stuff that you don't want to miss and it's broken down by by you know downtown stuff wedgwood houston stuff if there's other things then it'll tell you where it's at so yeah that's that's another way well to you know if you're a tourist right Nashville scene. There, it's very possible that you'll be <laughs> you might be hoteling downtown 100 so on that on that yeah. side of it then definitely just focus on downtown 100 don't worry about trying to yeah. get out of the yeah or, you know just and, focus yeah. on what you got there yeah and if yeah. you're a tourist downtown too uh like there's also like the 21 uh, C Museum Hotel, where even if you're not staying there, you can go and look at the galleries there, and um, they're open all night long. So, and they often on first Saturday, I won't say often, but sometimes on first Saturday, they'll even have special events there, like you know, artist talk or like uh, some kind of you know reception or something. That's uh, like I think a lot of times they they uh, will do an event. Uh, like once a month or something maybe where they'll uh, do something in coordination with the downtown crawl where it'll be like after party at the museum, you know, 21 C museum hotel. Um, so, so the, the, they're, they're a cool participant down there as well. And of course the first is right up the street, you know, and you could, you could, yeah. there's two great shows or well, there's, there's, uh, there's two great shows and one show that I don't like as much, but there's, but the surrealism show and the, um, uh, Frida Kahlo uh, Mexican muralist show are both really good and then there's a contemporary I don't know there's a contemporary sculpture show that I I, I should probably see it again but it didn't it didn't I, I, wasn't a good day for it it wasn't good maybe it wasn't a good day for me let's leave it at that well, <laughs> a, a lot of people um, when they get to contemporary sculpture that's sort of like another threshold too of uh, kind of tolerance for obscurity <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like to the to you know if you're not deep in the zone of whatever is going on here and you're just like a person that's not even really necessarily all about visual art you're just a person yeah, that yeah, just yeah. does shit yeah yeah and it's, that's it's, totally fine yeah you're gonna, that's the that's the point of alarm right or ridicule uh generally yeah, 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 so it can be yeah so even for those close to it sometimes i suppose can be challenging in that way yeah 100 percent. you know i did a, i did another article that i, I just turned it in uh, today actually and uh, it's going to be so it'll be in the paper next week is that right yeah okay it'll be in the paper next week and it's about alternative in the Nashville scene next week so it's about alternative art spaces in Nashville huh. so like like oh, we were just talking about our friend Jody Hayes who has an opening on Friday night uh, August 2nd at Red Arrow Gallery um, uh, we should have her come on next week and talk about our show um, uh, she has a uh uh, and a building that they put in, in in her backyard. The upstairs of the building is an apartment that they rent out to a uh, renter, and the bottom of the building is uh, her studio space, um, where she also about twice a year will pro- will curate uh, uh, an exhibition. So she'll like you know tidy everything up and put her stuff away, and then you know clear the walls and put up a show that she curates. And she's had, I think the first show she did there, she had all these people from England, like mailing her paintings from Britain and stuff. It's pretty ambitious, like what she does. And, uh, um, uh, she, um, what was I, where, where am I going? Alternative spaces. Alternative art spaces. Thank you so much. So one of the things, so in this article, I talk about that in other places in Nashville that are these alternative galleries, basically. And, um, and I, 
talk a little bit about why they're important and they're important both for artists who have a practice that is um often commercially like non-traditional like my friend joe uh joseph christie had a show at this place called gallery bang bang that is a dining room in the donaldson neighborhood (laughs) so this woman has a formal dining room where they're not sitting down to eat every day and she's like why am i not doing anything with this room and she turned it into an art gallery right and he was talking to me this is one of the reasons i wrote this article is because i had this great talk with joe and he was saying to me like i'm a teacher he's an educator arts educator so he's like i'm a teacher so i don't have to sell my work i don't want to have to sell my work i want to make what i want to make and i don't want to have to wonder or worry about whether people want to buy it or not Mm -hmm. so so in good faith an artist like that can't really approach a traditional gallery because they don't care to sell anything so well if you don't if you're not looking to sell your work why are you teaming up with the gallery you know what i mean because the gallery needs your work to sell you know that's the whole deal yeah <laughs> and so they need so, product on the shelves right exactly and so he uh he you know was talking to me about how this kind of a setup like this non-commercial space where i can still exhibit my work and show this stuff off is like a great solution you know because mm-hmm. so now he can still have an audience for his work but there's absolutely not a hint of whether anybody needs to or wants to buy it or whatever and i think he actually sold some stuff which is crazy that's you know the, that is the thing yeah. right we were talking about fighters that uh that you know sort of in the twilight of their career and then they start talking you know yeah. a little bit they start doing better because they care a little bit less yeah it was kind anyway. of, yeah it's kind of like that i wanted i'm sorry i'm taking so long no, to get please, to this point you, no worries but i want to get around to this thing because you were talking about the 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 contemporary sculpture being like the breaking point for yeah, the yeah. general audience <laughs> and 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 one of the other things that that i you know came across when i was when i was working on this story was that these alternative art spaces because they aren't white cubes you know with you know uh whatever the you know the 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 bar out front with the wine glasses and the white cubes and the whatever it is the whole vibe of contemporary art that you know which is a vibe that i i like and i'm happy to i'm happy for it i'm glad to participate in it but i completely understand why why it can often come off not they always people always want to act like well people are intimidated and they they, they don't feel comfortable being here and it's like you're so self so self-congratulatory when you describe it that way yeah because people i don't think they find it intimidating i think they find it ludicrous i think they find it pretentious yes and i think sometimes they also do find it confusing yeah (laughs) And they have every right to. Yeah, there's like because there's like stages of that thought. It's it's all of those things, and and they're not wrong. They're (laughs) absolutely right. Yeah, and there's also ignorance involved in that, and hopefully things like a column in the newspaper can help people bridge the gap. So they can, you know, get there with us. And it's like insider trading. You know, it's like okay, if you took art history, then you're really gonna get all these references and and piece it together, and it's gonna be this thing, and you're gonna be really impressed. Yeah, it's kind of like. it's yeah. kind of like really good fusion jazz groups, right? But right? people playing but people, for their friends, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if, but if you have like a, a chance to go see an exhibition in a garage down the street, do it. A lot of people will totally just do that because all of a sudden, all that yes. other stuff just isn't there, yeah. and it can still be relatively like high, you know, fine oh, contemporary absolutely. art, but just the whole context is so radically different yeah. and it's a really cool moment that's going on with that in Nashville we've seen it before in some other forms but it's back again and it's kind of neat uh, are there any limitations from like a, like a codes or a legal standpoint for people to do things like that there may be some I mean I know that that um 
there was like, for instance, the name of, of Jody's space Dadu is actually the acronym that Metro uses for a detached, uh, something something unit accessory dwelling unit or something uh-huh. like that and it's like for a place where you're intending people to actually be able to stay in it but it has another use as well or something so that's the huh. so dadu is the thing they call those oh, I see. so yeah there's lots of codes about how this works so um, she went down that path fully and then ended up naming the space after yeah the sort of whatever the governance that's the right. acronym is oh, yeah the, okay. the, the codes acronym that's great and, then, and I, actually it's funny because i have another friend who has a pottery studio and uh, in a in a building that they have in their backyard that they also um, had another part of it that was being rented as an Airbnb for a time, um, and they also had all sorts of interactions with. Uh, it, it, from what they told me, it just sounded like there was regulation involved in all these things. So, so I think there can be some of that. But I also know people who, like in the story, I know a guy who, uh, David Anderson, who has a gallery called Electric Shed, and it's literally the utility shed in his backyard. <laughs> and it's it's cool. He gets really good artists to show there. He had a guy from Ohio uh, curate a, a all-woman show of uh, art that was uh, reflecting on contemporary witchcraft. <laughs> so... Uh, Wow. So there's some interesting things happening in just this shed. Yeah. And of course, he's just doing it. I mean, he's not, you know, I'm, I'm sure he hasn't talked to anybody at Codes to have a gallery in his shed. You know, so I think to some degree. It's about the scale of what you're doing. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, you can have a house party, but, you know, keep it down, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I wonder how big. Or I wonder what what are the factors that all of a sudden you're just like oh okay I'm introducing liability yeah. to myself yeah, yeah, on yeah. my property so my sl- like slip fall type of stuff yeah or I would imagine there's a lot of sort of um, yeah that'd be scary stuff that there you, probably is yeah he used to have a, a a gallery in a in another house he rented that had a, a basement and it just so happened that his landlord was a, a calligraphy artist of some note who was born in Iran right so he was doing the sort of calligraphic art you'll find. Um, in 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 Iran, and uh, in at some point, this guy from Iran moved to Nashville. He owns this house that David rented, and then I, David found out, oh my God, this this landlord of mine is this like calligraphy artist. So oh, wow. so he started a gallery in the basement of the house he was renting from this gentleman, and named it after him. So the name of that gallery was Bijan Fordowsi, <laughs> and it was in honor of the calligraphic artist. So yeah, it's pretty neat. There's you can find videos about Bijan Fordowsi on YouTube. Wow! Look up Bijan Fordowsi uh, calligraphy. How do you spell that? B i j a n f e r d o w s i. I think. <laughs> Close enough. That's a crazy story, right? So uh, that is crazy. So yeah. So there's 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 a lot of weird stuff, but I, but I do think that that. I, I I think it's completely understandable when people you know are put off by contemporary art, and um and that's not on them. That's, yeah, I really I feel that way. So it's yeah, it's fully understandable. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, how dare you scoff at my bicycle wheel on top of a stool? You know, exactly. Like like if I'm sorry if I was describing it. I just did and you, and you knew what piece I was talking about right. so like yeah. I don't know maybe it's a win on both sides it's just those, right. those sides can't connect yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but anyway so so as far as somebody's like a first timer to Nashville or just somebody that really wants to get out to the art crawl 
So to rewind a little bit, we're saying, generally speaking, since Nashville's car culture and downtowns, especially on the weekend, is uh, a, a vortex of alcohol-driven uh, mortal dread uh, and chaos. Yeah. Uh, and is and scooters. Of, yeah, it's just a, <laughs> it's a, it is a soul-sucking experience, man. I can't even... Anyway... Uh, uh, there, there was actually I haven't really explored it, but the Nashville scene came out with its uh, "You're So Nashville" if yeah, yeah. issue. I yeah. guess that was last week. Yeah. I think. And uh, the only one I saw was they said "You're So Nashville" if um, when someone says "flipping the bird," you think they're throwing a scooter into the street. <laughs> yeah. I thought Lord. that was pretty good. Yeah. So <laughs> it's 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 a problem. But anyway, so you're saying go to go to Wedgwood Houston. That's where you, you can drive. Then you can get there. And so, okay, these are some dumb questions, okay? I'm just going to put out there because I really... So, how should people dress? Is it something where it's real formal? Should I wear sneakers? Am I going to be walking a lot? How far am I going? What's yeah, happening? Yeah, right? be, re- be ready to walk. And if you go to if you go to Wedgwood Houston, um, uh, it's... You park on the street? Is there a lot? Or where do you go? There's... If you go by... Um, uh, over by Zeitgeist and Lusk, you can find a quite a, a quite a big parking lot there. Um, uh, there's also parking in the neighborhood. There's parking along the streets in some areas. Um, outside of like Julia Martin, there's a small parking lot. But generally, you're gonna have to find spots on the street or you know like down by. Um, Houston Station. There's a there's a really good little restaurant down there called Bastion that I like a lot. Um, uh, there's a small parking lot down that way. There's also parking on the street there. Yeah. You'll figure out the parking. It's okay. not that crazy. Um, but there's a good chance that once you figure out that parking, it's it's a totally walkable area, 100%. Are there signs that help me understand where I should go? Not so much, but your <laughs> phone will certainly do that. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you know which, like, okay, what's playing where kind of a vibe, right? Like That's where you go to uh, my uh, column at Nashville Scene, and it'll tell you all the you places you want to go to. And is there a map with your column for, for the spatially no, challenged? No, you can just look at the names. Come on. They'll all be on your Google map. You should, make an, you should just make an app out of whatever that thing is. The Crawl Space app. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. That's actually a good idea. Yeah. It's uh, not a bad idea at all. Whoa. You heard it here first. Yeah, I guess, you know, we could probably do that with the downtown partnership and turn it into like a thing, get them to give us money. So there we go. (laughs) So uh, this is is probably good. There's a bank involved in the downtown art crawl. They got money. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or at least they've got somebody else's money. You know, people who can make apps. Let's do that. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. I, I think it'd be great because then you're just, you're not independently searching for things you don't understand. Like, I just want to be in one place. Yeah. And then there can be services and sponsors and things that are tied into it that are functionally beneficial. And you can even do promotional things for like, the uh, galleries could somehow access it. And like, you could like click on a gallery and it would show whatever they wanted you to see. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like somehow it would come up like, Oh, here's the new show at this gallery. It seems here's like the new show at this gallery. It seems like this is something that has to have been done somewhere else at some. And we could steal their model, improve it, call it our own, it, call it our own, monetize it, then sue them for uh, sue them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got the whole plan now. But yeah, so fight like, them in a cage. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I think um, those are the, yeah, those are the main questions I think that people have. Uh, you know, and then because uh, there's a lot of people I've asked to come out to Saturday, and they're just like, "What?" I would say, "Be prepared Although mine's to walk. Weird. Be prepared. Be, be prepared to walk. Be prepared for the weather because you're going to be outside. Essentially, you're going to be walking around, yeah, in and out of places. But 
if you can stand outside and be comfortable, it's going to be a better art crawl for you because like, for instance, like the packing plant, when, when it's for Saturday, the packing plant gets very busy and it's essentially a small building with lots of small galleries inside of it. And you're trying to get in and out of each gallery and stuff. And eventually what you really want to do is just get outside and just hang out on the, on the, on the patio basically. And, yeah. and there's, there's maybe a couple of uh, picnic benches out there. Sometimes they do a little cookout or something, but maybe not it just depends on the weekend um but you're going to want to be able to walk outside and be if it's the middle of november you're going to want to be warm enough to be able just to hang outside and drink your beer and talk to your friends yeah somebody you know smoke not, a cigarette whatever not, not be in the way of yeah, yeah, the people yeah, that are yeah. squeezing through exactly yeah. you're going to want to be able to sort of come be able to move in and out and and then like you are going to be walking you know what i mean but it's not it's it's cool it's good it's walkable for sure but it's and it's not like you know it's not weird like uh oh no i'm and, just i'm where no one is and yeah and right yeah. now yeah no 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 and and right now it's you know like there's a whole bunch of stuff that's just right there at like what is it is it chestnut and martin i guess it's like uh uh where like zeitgeist lusk and the packing plant are all right there mm. um and then you can you can definitely walk to like uh julia martin from there um, I'm trying to think the turnip green uh, now is down that way. Mm -hmm. uh, there's sometimes there's stuff at the snap uh, like neighborhood resource building. Um, there's stuff up at Fort Negley and definitely walk to Fort. You just walk up over the bridge here at Fort Negley. If you have kids, what mm -hmm. do you, what do you think? To, what do you think about what bringing about, up? about the notion of children? No, about, uh, <laughs> no, just about, I love children. Uh, about, um, <laughs> bringing them. Yeah, bringing a kid. Oh, it's, yeah, people bring their kids all the time. There's yeah. always strollers there and stuff. Cool. And people, it's never an yep. issue. There's always a kid running around in the gallery. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, you have to keep an eye on them, but, you know, it's 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 not a bad thing. I'm, I always love it when I see my friends who, you know, like I'll see them out at art events all the time. And then sometimes you'll see people, they have a baby, and it's like, then you don't see them at art events for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but then there are other friends, and I, it's different with every kid, of course, and every family, and yeah. no shame on anybody who's like, can't do the art event because you're busy with your <laughs> child. <laughs> but I do see other friends who it's like, you know, you're, you, congratulations, had a baby on Instagram, and then like three weeks later, bam, they're at the art crawl with their baby, and it's like, yeah, we're just gonna. There's just more of us now. We're just doing our same lifestyle, and and yeah, and like you say, there's just more of us now. So, um, so definitely, definitely, people bring their kids all the time. One of my friends, Katie Delmay, she was joking. She's a, a curator at the Frist Center, and uh, lately, every time I see her at one of these events, it's always her and her little daughter. And she was like telling me, she's like, oh yeah, she's like my constant art date because it just works out that like the two of them getting away to do this stuff together is like just a fun thing for them to do, you know. Um, so yeah, so kids, kids are totally, totally good. It's the ultimate. Uh, I would imagine, like, if I were young and single, that it would be the best sitch ever because you can, uh, like, especially if you're young and you're single, you probably don't have a lot of money uh, right. yet or whatever, or just getting by, and so you can ask a girl out and ha have an amazing time. Yeah, plenty to do, plenty to see, and none of it's cost anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and you're and, still and you're still having drinks. You're uh -huh, still mixing yeah. it up. You're still and that's definitely yeah. a component with the with the art crawl in general. Um, and I would also say I think there's a little bit more of that vibe downtown, uh -huh. just because of the fact that just because downtown's downtown. You yeah. know what I mean? So I think there's a certain set of people 
who are think more like it. the out on the town vibe versus it, yeah, the, they want to yeah. go out on the town yeah. and it's first Saturday. So let's go to the art crawl. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, where I think in Wedgwood Houston, you see a little bit more of people who they want to go to Wedgwood Houston because they want, because they're interested in art. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There's some of that downtown too. I don't want to be so, too negative about what they're, they're, it's really not a comparison. G- generalized it's observations. Just, it's just, there, there has been a migration of a lot of stuff from downtown to the Wedgwood Houston area and it changed things. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so that's just, that's what happened. Yeah. And then with this, but there's a plenty, there's a bunch of stuff going on downtown this week. That's very much worth seeing. And you can read about it at the Nashville scene crawl space that's right um, and i'm always, yeah and i always mention stuff downtown there's always good shows happening down there like i said the show if that if that if that uh 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 textile show it's called dangerously close to weaving i can't imagine that it's still up at this point I, it has to be down by now because it was it went up at the beginning of june but that show is great so uh we'll see i don't know what they're doing now <laughs> the first thing i thought of when you said the title of that exhibit was um dangerously close to weaving i i just all i could think of is like elmer fudd in a bad relationship <laughs> i'm dangerously close to weaving i'm weaving you <laughs> that's a pretty good impression that's pretty good man thank you thank you yeah like, you're delivering right now <laughs> elmer god. fudd impressions god I, there's that's nothing a, this guy can't do <laughs> Impressions are a thing too, where like uh, if you're if you, if, <laughs> like you you gotta you gotta know you're good at them, and you gotta know when you're not good at them. <laughs> yeah, it's probably important because people you know people that are not good at them still want to do them. Yeah, and I, it's just not. Yeah, speaking of which, um, like this might be might be a thing we can talk about. Um, I saw the movie uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and uh, as many people will know, in Once Upon a Time with Hollywood, there's an actor who portrays Bruce Lee because it, uh, it sort of is talking about Hollywood in in the year of 1969. There's fictional characters that are interacting with real life situations and real life people who, who you know were involved in Hollywood at that point, including Bruce Lee, and um, uh, and the impression of what I can't remember his name is his name uh mike am i gonna get this right uh should i look it up mike who i don't know what does mike do <laughs> he plays bruce lee oh the actor for yeah. bruce lee oh yeah i don't know i don't know who it is <laughs> let's see if i can get this essay who, who plays bruce lee oh and they're talking about dragon the bruce lee story <laughs> uh uh where is it at okay yeah here we go Oh yeah, Bruce Lee's daughter's mad about it too. Um, uh, so da, 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 once upon a time, America, Brad Pitt, uh, Mike Mo. I was gonna say Mike Go, but it's Mike Mo. Um, plays Bruce Lee in this, and um, it's interesting because it's it's it's. I like to see how people imitate people and like what they choose to do. Mm. And like with him, a lot of it's costume. Like he's got the haircut, like kind of shaggy haircut, kind of long in the back, that era of Bruce. Uh, and he's got the big glasses. And the jumpsuit. Right? Uh, he doesn't have the jumpsuit on, I don't uh. think. Uh, but he's got the he's got the glasses on and he's wearing, you know, kind of like cool clothes or whatever. You know what I mean? They they pull it off a lot with costume and then he also gets the, he does the voice really well and he also does like the, the head gestures very well, like the exaggerated sort of gestures. Um, and 
and it's it's a pretty it's a pretty good uh impression you know what i mean mm. um and it's only when he takes his glasses off it's broken a little bit because when he takes his because he's wearing these big ass glasses right so they're they're kind of covering a lot of his face and so you can't you're just imagining it's Bruce under there because the rest of it is being done so well. And when he pulls the glasses off, you see that you see it. It's not Bruce Lee because it's obviously it doesn't look like Bruce Lee. It looks like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so. But that's the only like bad part of it is that is that he can't make his face be different, you know. But otherwise, it's he's pretty much nailing the impression. But <clears throat> in the scene, it's all sort of done. It ultimately is uh, a scene where it sort of makes fun of him ultimately kind of. And it also is a scene where he gets into like a sparring match with Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt is like sort of holding his own with Bruce Lee and people, Unacceptable. Are, people are very mad about it. Unacceptable. And, and, um, and I think uh, Matthew Polly, who we interviewed Matthew Polly, who wrote a book called Bruce Lee, a life came out about a year ago. Um, literally the man who wrote the book on Bruce Lee uh, has been doing a lot of media responding to people who are like, what did you think of this this portrayal of Bruce Lee guy who wrote the book on Bruce Lee and uh, and him and Shannon both Bruce Lee's daughter have been very very negative because they just they don't appreciate that it was sort of mocking and uh, and things like that caricature caricature yeah and all that kind of stuff I think the performance was in some I mean I think I think the performance is like excellent but like what they're doing with the performance is sort of the thing people have a problem with a little bit. And it's also has to do with the fact that you're talking about Chinese American people who are upset with the way their Chinese American legend father and hero were was portrayed. And that's all stuff that like, that's, I, I don't have any comment on that. Cause I don't, that's not my property. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's yeah. their whole thing. So yeah. there's, it's if an interesting they don't like thing. It, they don't like it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. they've got their reasons and, and you should check out what, especially what Matthew Polly has to say. Also Shannon, you should be following Shannon on, on Twitter and stuff anyway. But, uh, but, but Matthew Polly uh, has been popping up in the news with some interesting things to say. I think I actually texted you yeah. when we were talking about having a guest this week. And yeah, I was like, yeah. Hey, we could always get a hold of Polly and see if he wants to come on and talk about this Bruce Lee stuff. Yeah. Um, but I'll talk about and it. We, we, <laughs> no, no, but we still can. I'd, I'd like to, I feel like that yeah. maybe we can just let the dust settle when he's doing all the, yeah. the big show talking head <laughs> yeah, stuff. And then he can, come out with and then he can kind of, weeks from now. when he feels like things have dried yeah. up on the recent press <laughs> right. wave, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we can kind of come back. I, Cause honestly, what I'm interested in too is is as much as I think the the actual issue of what you're talking about is super interesting and I want to know more about I haven't seen the movie yet but I still want to know more yeah. about this and I will see the movie uh, but then also I think it'd just be really interesting after having talked to uh, him before to just get his perspective on like I don't know I'm just if, if he was sitting here right now I would just be curious about like what's it like to be the definitive author of anything mm -hmm. and did you expect or did you anticipate or how do you plan for or account for right like now you're this you're kind of the yeah. de facto expert to uh -huh. go to as a talking we, head we, pundit yeah. or right. whatever for yeah, this thing because we talked to him relatively soon I and mean, we were it yeah. was a pretty timely interview the book had really just come out yeah. and uh and he was sort of doing all of his press for it when he came on to talk to us and and it really has been only just since then that it's like he pops up all the time with people being like, we had a question about Bruce Lee. And so we went to Matthew Polly. The man. Because who yeah. else would we go to? You it, know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it is interesting to like, be like the guy. For anything. Yeah. Like even, even if it was just. That yeah. was one of the most fascinating parts of that interview with him was the fact that like he had this realization that it's like, how come no one's written this book? How come no one's written the life of Bruce Lee? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that was one of his big motivations was just like, yeah. just sitting 
sitting there waiting for somebody to do it to deeply do the whole thing and not yeah. make it some schlocky sort of yeah and it's cursory thing but to be right. def- to be definitive yeah. and complete not just like complete. the hollywood like scandal book about bruce lee which is you know i mean that was you know i mean i think that's probably part of it actually is like when somebody is uh i think it, it would take somebody who understand I, I think it's i don't think a lot of people understood until now that it's like yeah this guy was this flashy star this guy was this guy who died in this like scandalous like sudden death way uh, that had all this like controversy around it and all this stuff this guy was an action hero but this guy was also a legit martial artist who developed this whole philosophy of mixing styles and all this stuff and how radical that was in that world but it's like people aren't connected in all those worlds you know what i mean and so i think it's only now that people understand that it's like this is a big thing there was a movie i think it was a history channel made it which is the history channel is not really that great of a venue but there's a movie uh that was called how bruce lee changed the world and it's like it's about how like no bruce lee no wu-tang clan no bruce lee no ripped muscle bodybuilders like they nobody was ripped before bruce was ripped and then everybody's like i want to be ripped like bruce yeah it's just these huge diverse areas no no mma no ufc you know just all these things that's like if bruce lee hadn't been bruce lee the way bruce lee was bruce lee it's just impact across the culture in this crazy way you know and uh it takes this long in a way to sort of even see that right and so maybe that's the reason why the mushroom cloud is just getting to us yeah we were only now are we back far enough to really see it (laughs) that's amazing the true the true dragon yeah (laughs) yeah i i I think we should definitely talk to him and uh again and and i I do think that it's got to be a i don't know it's one thing to take on the the book as this because you know what an incredible responsibility that is to so many people yeah. to do it the right way and to right. all that as so now to even be the sort of person that's not only made it through that labyrinth of writing the most complete thing but then yeah. now being in the good graces of the estate i suppose mm, gener- I would, generally I would, I would assume and then uh and then being this kind of <clears throat> you know um uh, advocate or yeah historical clarifier kind of role yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just think like sort I, of a yeah scholarly watchdog <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 it's amazing it really Watch is it, tarantino matthew polly's keeping tabs <laughs> have you ever thought about writing a book uh yeah 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 um but i don't know i don't know you know for a long time i wanted to write a book basically that was an extension of my blog right so i've got this blog that i've done forever and it's all like essentially just counter-cultural yeah <laughs> so and I've, I've kind of recently explained to people that i've i've, I've i used to do it and i used to do my blogging in a way that i consider to be like vertical for some reason so it's sort of like yeah i basically posted monday through thursday every week all the time but now what i've done is i've gone horizontal whatever the fuck i'm trying to say by that and it's like i only post once a week on my blog but then i also end up reposting which is time intensive it's not easy just to repost your shit to a whole bunch of other blog sites but i so that's why i only do one post a week now because i'd rather do one post a week and have it on several different platforms than have several posts on one platform especially because of the fact that the other platforms i'm talking about are like narrative and steam it and these places where when people like it and share it you end up generating like little tips of cryptocurrency and so you ultimately are being paid for it so uh 
I, I want my cryptos. Yeah. <laughs> God, so that's what you should be doing is writing like the artist guide to generating crypto. Yeah, I've been playing around with it a lot. I've released a lot of music on crypto platforms too. And it's, uh, I mean, it's still coming along, but it's fun. And I really do think music will go that way hard at some point. And when it does, I want to be the person who's like, oh, I was fucking chilling out here on the fucking blockchain for a decade, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm all set. I got the, I got my keys. Yeah. So, um, uh, well, what I'll do is I'll, I'll get this. Um, I want to get this episode up pretty quick because mm-hmm. uh, tell people before we, before we start winding up here. Yeah, tell yeah. people about where, like where Brian. I'm going to start asking the oh, questions now. Oh, what is the name of your your uh, video art installation? It is called Time Out of Mind, and um, where which I'm aware is. A thirty-year-old Bob Dylan album and a Steely old. Dan album. <laughs> oh, it is thirty years old. You're right. And uh-huh. uh, I'm it's aware all of things. all those things because somebody was hitting me up like, uh, you, you know, like that's already been. But, but is that a phrase they got from somewhere else? Well, yeah, it kind of stems back to sort of the time immemorial. Like it's, it all goes back to me. Like the whole impetus for this thing for me was studying how, uh, how the brain and. Uh, how the brain works with respect to nostalgia and what is the actual stuff of nostalgia and memory and relational memory and uh, all that. So that was why I, I called it that rel- mm-hmm. because it's about, you know, the city and change uh, and perception of that change uh, using this archival footage. Uh-huh. And then, and then uh, the Fort Negley is as you come off Franklin Pike, uh, heading toward the Wedgwood Houston Art Crawl, you're going to go down Chestnut Street, and that's where you're going to, on your left, is going to be F- historic Fort Negley. Giant hill just with a fort there. on it. People know where Fort Negley is. It's right there. So it's 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 right there. Where Greer Stadium right was. Right there. It's ex- literally a part of the neighborhood, literally adjacent to the main yeah. part of the crawl. So there's no reason not to stop there and check out your video installation. Six o'clock Saturday night, is that right? Yes. Uh, six to nine, I believe. Yeah, so pop through anytime. And, and you're going to have tasty drinks there's gonna be tasty drinks and uh and video and and some some video and some sound um that i kind of put together for it too so so yeah i'm I'm excited about it and then we'll there'll be other uh i know that in uh october this this will also do this piece will also do an opening of some kind uh, for the artober uh event time Hmm. uh and i'm not really sure about what that that is back in fort negley or will it be somewhere else so we'll find we'll yeah I will, we'll let you know yeah that'd be interesting if you need to, if you need help finding like an alternative venue or something like I'll brainstorm with you I think that we will try to um, um, yeah. get it get into some other spots as well yeah 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 it would be cool for it just to show somewhere else too just because it'd be fun for it to be play more than one venue yeah and I think I'll learn a little bit more about whatever I did uh, and how how it worked or didn't work or you know whatever so uh, yeah that's I, cool but I, I really uh, I'm happy to do it and it's a it's a cool residency and a cool project and, and I'm just happy to be involved with the Metro Archives and I just think that's a really important thing um, but anyway so yeah do you have anything you want to plug um, well yeah I just um, I've got well I've, I was just plugging my the article I have an article in the scene next week about um, about uh, alternative art spaces so check that out nashvillescene.com um, also I've got my my I've had this ongoing postcard project I've been trying to get done yeah, yeah, I yeah. finally got it all finished up so I got these really the pictures red. I've seen of the postcards look 
great. Yeah, they're pretty rad. So they got like, you get a pack of 10, 10 postcards, and then there's an index card that just has sort of the title and all the images on yeah. it. And you flip it over and there's a project statement on the back of it. Um, and it's all in a nice little cellophane sleeve and they're all ready to go. So it'll be in, it'll be September by the time I actually start making these available around Nashville. But if you're interested in getting yours right now, because they're ready to go, I can mail you one tomorrow. Follow me at Instagram and just start checking out the post I've been putting up and it'll tell you how you can get your cards right away. Mighty Joe Nolan yeah, on Instagram. At Mighty Joe Nolan on Instagram. Yeah, and otherwise I don't really know if there's and anything has, else. And also just look at hashtags, hashtag Pikes Project. And That's people, right, yeah. And, and there's also can, an at Pikes Project uh, thing you can follow too. An account, yeah. Uh, and if you go, but yeah, the hashtag Pikes Project is like what people use so that people all over Nashville are taking photos of the same roads I'm taking photos of. And we've got more than a thousand images right now so if you cool. go there. So it's, it's sort of, that's an ongoing sort of community part of the project. Awesome. Well, uh, hey, thanks everybody for tuning in. And we are uh, stoked about this art crawl this Saturday and we will see you there. Okay guys, I love the Art Fight podcast and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help? Go to anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast. Click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast. And once you get there, you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level. You're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and, and help us out. Again, anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast. Click on support this podcast. All right. Thanks, everyone.